0: Locked by Intelligent, and has Snyder, Snyder
1: Merhaba and welcome to episode 25 of The Lion's Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community, for the community. From all around our NEF Stadium, I'm your host Samet. 25 episodes in with 160 listeners, I thank you all from my deepest corner of my heart. With that said, give a big applause to my fellow podcast members whom I couldn't have done this without. From New York, America, we got our boys Yasin and Emre.
2: How are you both doing? Uh, pretty upset from yesterday. You know, my heart's a little broken. But, uh, you know, we'll recover and we'll manage. Mine's a little less broken, I would
3: say, only because it was kind of a win-win for me. Gerasun versus Galatasaray. Oh my god. Whichever team wins, it was kind of like a good situation. I am still heartbroken, and you'll hear it from me today in the broadcast, all my complaints. But otherwise, I'm doing good.
1: Yeah. Well, what I always do is I like to imagine at the end of May, we're champions again, so no hard feelings, right? Just yeah, one game, loss, yeah. just three points. So Just three points. Yep, yep, yep. With that said, Coach John from Toronto, Canada, how are you doing? How's the Pokemon card collection going?
4: Thriving, striving, living my life, loving it. Like the boy said, you know, bittersweet feeling. We're 25 episodes in, love to see that. But uh, yeah, it was a rough weekend for us, that's for sure. But I'm We doing didn't well. catch
2: all three points unfortunately yeah yeah
4: (laughs) can't always catch them all you win some you lose some and
1: then going all the way to australia melbourne we have brain fart mazar i had a brain fart i had a major brain fart (laughs) how are you doing brain fart mazar
0: (laughs) oh my god Uh, i was doing good until that (laughs) oh you sound very different than your soundboard i'm still congested that's probably why hopefully next week i won't still be sick but what do you have i don't know i really don't know and the doctor doesn't either He's like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And bro, it's been like three <laughs> weeks. Still okay.
1: sick. Is it like over here in Europe, they say, uh, yeah, just take a paracetamol or aspirin. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly.
5: the Netherlands, bro. That's not every country. But yeah, yeah same treatment know. apparently.
1: In Turkey, they just <laughs> hook you up immediately. And you feel like super Antibiotics, everything. <laughs> just all guns blazing. I wish they could do the same. Exactly. I love it. Works wonders out. <laughs> well, and last but not least from the Netherlands... From crappy old Tilburg, fact of the week, Saleh. Come on, Saleh. give us a fact of the week.
5: <laughs> First of all, normally I would defend myself by saying you can't shit on my city, being from the Randstad, you know, being from the most dangerous place in the country. But fortunately, I can't really defend myself as I have no fact ready. I was pretty busy. I literally just arrived home about 10, 20 minutes ago and I haven't uh, done my homework. So for this week, unfortunately, I have nothing.
4: Definitely, yeah. There's some crookery going on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to double up with the facts next week. Give us two of them.
5: I'll keep you on that. I'll, I'll, next week, I'll give you two and I'll do my best to find the oh, most random Wait, shit.
4: but Salih, didn't,
1: you had a fact of the week, kind of, this, uh, today on WhatsApp.
5: I need to, you need to really remind myself about, about
1: the Dutch saying, I'd rather be Turkish than, oh, what was of it?
5: Uh, Popish? I think that's how you say it in English, Popish. Mm-hmm, yep. Okay, so John on his story, I think, right, on your IG, mm-hmm. you shared this page of, I think it looks like a pamphlet or whatever, mm-hmm. of a Dutch saying which says, rather Turkish than Popish. Now for the people who don't know about history, back when the Netherlands had the independence war against the Spanish, um, it basically wasn't allowed as a Catholic to revolt against your king. So what the Dutch did, well, we'll switch religions, we'll become a different part within Christianity. And decide to choose for the Calvinist line. And with that, and with some help from the Turks, uh, they decide to rebel against Spanish. And that's where the Dutch saying basically come from. I'd rather be a Turk, which is usually seen as something bad in Europe, than uh, being allied with the Pope, which is, you know, the devil in their eyes. So that's how that came about.
1: ring well why did you ask
5: him (laughs) then bro i literally say i have no just so he can call you out bro
4: yeah he literally set you up so bad man oh my god exactly
5: i fell for it Uh. rush var i want to see this redone (laughs) what var var
1: (laughs) well with that introduction to all of our listeners good morning good afternoon and good evening lads we have of course today the news of all the week and then we'll discuss our performance against... Kimoyne Doklan? Giresun.
5: Yasin literally just said, I wasn't that pissed because you know, it's Giresun, right? So. The sun hit his
2: head too hard. <laughs> right. He doesn't recall yesterday at all. This is how I cope. I just
3: forget immediately. That's how I cope, man. He's, he's too busy thinking about the next sandboard he's going to use.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Well, you guys ready for the news? let's hit, hit us it. with it all right here we go breaking news the numbers are official as lucas torrero signed a four-year contract we paid arsenal six million euro transfer fee and he will earn yearly 2.75 million euros dries mertens signed a one-year contract with another one year as an option we gave him 1.1 million euros as a signature fee and he will earn 2.9 million euros more and more news on Nelson. As Ardan Tumor has noted, Nelson told the board he would like to leave. He wishes to move on and pursue his dreams. Ardan told him that we have a plan and he's a big part of it. However, even if he leaves, Galatasaray have a plan B ready. Sevilla is supposedly pushing very hard to get Nelson, but Galatasaray have noted not to take anything less than 20 million euros for our Scandinavian defender. Linked with that, there have been rumors that Markow has been calling Nelson to come to Sevilla the past weeks. Sevilla is apparently acting very unethical by agreeing with Nelson first. Very soon after, Marcao has debunked this by saying this is fake news. Svend Graversen, Sporting Director of FC Michelin, has made an announcement on Evander. He said, I'm not going to rule out anything. I don't think it's a secret that we're interested in a solution with Galatasaray. Evander should get what he deserves, but it has to be the right move for him, for us and for the buying club. Semih Kaya announced that he has ended his professional football career at age 31. He made a nice video to close the all off with Galatasaray. Reporters have also been noting about Yunus Akgün, who is apparently going to sign with Galatasaray for another two years by extending his contract. His current salary will then be increased from 900k TL to 12 million TL. Also, some words on the streets. Wanda Nara Agent and wife of Mario Emanuel Icardi-Rivero has been contacted by Manchester United and Galatasaray. The English and the Turks have both shown interest to seal a deal with the 29-year-old Argentinian striker. And finally, it seems that Galatasaray did a bid to Andrea Bellotti. That was it. Did we forget anything? One thing comes to mind actually. Murutsan, playing for Pisa, assisted two goals in
4: his last game. He came in in the 67th minute as well Mm. and got the two assists. I'm happy for him. I was glad to see that. I think we are cursed
1: now ever since we won at Kadiko. All our players that come to us start off great and then they get messed up so bad. And then when they leave, they increase
0: in performance again. That's why you send them out on loans though, so they can get their confidence back.
1: Yeah, but uh, when you have an option for purchase... That's not that yeah. much more than what we bought him for. Not good business, is it? But then again, it's Siri, Bay.: Yeah, true.
5: And also, how much has Morton actually played for us? You know, it's, he wasn't really a regular anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to... Uh, how do you say it? I don't know the words. <laughs> Let him get experience. <laughs> no, nah, like damage, damage control. No, is that the right word? I don't know. We're just trying to... Not get a loss, basically. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, damage control. Yeah. Ah, exactly. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um, on the flip side of what you said, Summit about the whole curse thing, the only person who, as of right now, doesn't it doesn't seem like it's working that way for is uh, Mustafa Muhammad. He seems to be doing pretty bad. I saw a statistic in the last game he played against. Uh, who was it against? It was against a big team. Was it PSG? I think it might have been PSG. Mm-hmm and his he had like the lowest rating in the team and i saw some people complaining and stuff about him so we'll see what happens with that but uh he went to
5: nantes yeah. right
4: nantes yeah
5: <laughs> nantes uh yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: mr french boy
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> did i miss on any other news um i'm not sure if like too many journalists confirmed it but that norwegian defender i forget his name now 25 year old kid also Andreas Olsen, i think yeah uh, i think so yeah we're rumored with him We've been rumored with him for a little while, but Ali Naji mentioned it after our loss. And he looks good, uh, pretty solid. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Nelson with as much resale value because he's already 25. Mm-hmm. But he's a Norwegian kid and we obviously feel very good about Norwegians so far. So let's see what happens with that. Yeah. And I heard Ömer Ajik. Ömer
1: Baira Ömer <laughs> Another rumor we were linked with yeah. I know nothing about that kid
4: no. That's
1: been floating around a lot
4: mm-hmm. Like that's kind of exciting Because he's 20 years old And I think he represents Switzerland But I believe he has Bosnian parents I think mm-hmm. But he seems that's to correct. be pretty Yeah, he, he seems to be pretty highly rated yep. So we have some options here like we What have, position is they, he playing? He's, a he's center also back. Center, back.
0: center back Yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: like they've been discussing this Andreas Olsen this this kid they've also been talking about denier again jason denier is always in like the back of our heads as well so i don't know what's going to happen i think after what happened yesterday you know people are split on whether abdul kadim is going to be able to carry the weight of this season or if we're going to need to replace him or you know what the case is mm-hmm. so there's a lot of questions surrounding that you know
1: yeah yeah we'll get to that uh, when we end off with the match performance one thing I wanted to bring up is I'm sick and tired of Lucas Torrera calling me in at night <laughs> and <laughs> trying to go for a kebab. I told him like, "What, bro, I can't go out. I'm on a diet. Stop calling me middle of the night to go out for a kebab. And he still keeps calling me. I'm just so f- annoyed by it. It's just every time.
2: Okay, okay. Thank you. Salam alaikum, my friend. Salam alaikum. Chim
1: Torreira, get the fuck out of here! Come on, we're doing a podcast, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that's you see, that's, that summit. No, that's Torera, bro. You see what I have to deal with? Just go, go away. We don't need you.
3: Salam alaikum, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Chim bom No. <laughs> Chim bom
4: <laughs> Go away. <Bravo! sighs> Fuck's sake! All right, you're really ruining our podcast here now. Where yeah, do you yeah, have yeah, the
5: please. time and energy for this? Fucking Torreira, man. Yeah. How does this even come up? We were just going about your day.
1: It's okay. I kicked him out, man. Enough of that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Semikaya boys. 31 years old as a centre-back. Has done a nice short video and said his goodbyes. What do you guys
0: think about it? Isn't it too young? Yeah, he's a bit young. He could have gotten minutes out of any other outdoor club, to be honest. I guess he wanted to end his career at today. That's probably the reason he came in the first place. I guess he would have had some deals with the previous board, but I was pretty shocked, to say the least. What do you guys think?
2: I wasn't shocked. I mean, I don't think many people want him. He wasn't really giving a good performance last year. Maybe he could have gone to a league lower, like Ape Sport, just like Slam, but I don't know if he wanted to do that. He probably did, like Summit said, wanted to end his career at GS. So uh, maybe
5: it's a good... The, the, the only thing I can think of is maybe there's some mental side to it because 31 is really young in my opinion for a center back to retire already. So I, I think there might be something more playing in the background that we just don't know of. That's the only thing I can assume. Otherwise, why would you stop playing the game that you love since, you know, being a child basically from, from I mean, age like, 6 or 4?
2: Like I said, maybe it's because, you know, he wanted to retire with Galserre. I mean, he's always talked about Galserre, right? Like, mm-hmm. how he always wanted to play with Galsara, this and that, and so he's probably thinking to himself, "Oh, if I'm not going to be able to play with Galsara, then I may as well just start He probably made enough money; he won many cups as he possibly could, yeah. and I think he's content. If you saw the video, it seemed like he wanted to close the loop,
1: close the circle, where it all started and where it all ends. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a bit
3: how it sounded. And what do you think, Yasin? I mean, I agree with all, what y'all said. I think it is a little embarrassing retiring at age thirty-one. And he's Turkish. We're in the middle of a Yabanja Kurala where teams need to field uh, <laughs> Wait, a lot embar- of Turks. I'm... Embarrassing?
5: Come on, man. What's it embar- is. Thir- thir- 31 years old. Yasin, You're professional why do you footballer. have to
1: keep shitting on Galatasaray players, Galatasaray, okay. etc.? Hey, I said the
5: same. I said the same, though. <laughs>
1: What's so embarrassing about stopping at age 31 with the club you were born
3: and raised with? Like... I don't know. I, 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 I think as a professional, you should always be trying to give the most that you can. And 31 mm-hmm. is such a young age. I don't know. I, I see people that are still playing in Sunday League g- games at age 35, 36, 40 years old, and they're actually still performing well. Why can't Semikaya do that at 31 years old? And maybe there's a lot of reason for him to sus. stay.
1: Maybe he has different ambitions and continue with his sus. 31 for a oh, cinema. It
3: could be. It, it, it could be. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense at 31 years old. And when there's the Yabanjo Kural, there's Turkish clubs that really desperately need Turkish players on the field. And this is his chance to just keep going with it, even though he's not at the same level that he used to be. Maybe it could be a medical thing. Maybe his, you know, he had a lot of concussions, right? I guess mm-hmm. kind of in his <laughs> early career. So oh, maybe yes. that's one reason why he stopped playing. I'm not sure. But um, it, it is a nice gesture to finish that golf side. So I really can't complain too much, I guess. Jokes aside, I do agree. 31 is very young. And I'm
1: with the, Turkish rule, I'm sure lots of clubs would have wanted him to continue
4: playing.
2: But does he want yeah. any other club? That's the question. Yeah. yeah fair.
4: He, he might not even want to play football anymore. It could just be as simple as that. He might just yep. not want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and he was a great servant for us. Like, I think he walked away with you know, uh, 12 or 13 trophies for, with Galatasaray or something like that. Something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, You know, uh, from the league trophies to the Turkish Cup and yeah, he was awesome. I'm happy for him. He had a good career. It is a bit young, but maybe he just doesn't want to do it anymore. That could be all it is, you know. Yeah. One more thing that we
1: that I didn't mention at all. I didn't want to mention it, but maybe a, a brief mention would be good. And I'll ask Emre or uh, Mazar this one. What's happening with all the Erdan Timur Fuju discussions? Like, what's the deal? Like, I didn't dig into it much because it's all bullshit and drama anyway,
0: but maybe in short. Exactly what you said. I didn't dig into it either because it's all drama and bullshit. I just, um, I don't want to make comments about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just, so, it's a lot of, sh- of crap.
2: I did somewhat follow it. Okay, so at this one point, Ardan Timur, after he made the transfers, he ha- he gave like an interview to a bunch of reporters and he's like, from now on, we're gonna be everywhere. We're gonna be at every table, yada yada yada. And then after all of this, you know, talk, s- this video from I don't know when just started like out of nowhere surfaced, and it's him with I guess a prior f- leader mm-hmm. at a wedding or something, and he was dancing with them, and it became a big topic. And from there, I don't I, like didn't really follow it. Didn't really like turn into much, but. A lot of people were making big issues of it, especially those at the uh, Bales football. Yeah. With Artem Shannon and them. And it just became a big con- like conversation within the community, but it kind of sizzled out. And for now, we don't know what's going to happen if their clearances to the club is going to be revoked or not. Artem Shenet even said, Oh, I want to see them do it. I, like he was kind of like threatening us. And so mm-hmm. that's where it last ended. And I don't know what the club is going to do. Oh, and the club did put out a statement afterwards yeah but that's about it
1: yeah so not very important for us i guess
2: i mean we don't know where to lead it could be a very bad thing because you don't know how politics can end up in turkey
1: yeah we try to uh not go too much into the politics honestly so yeah that's why i wanted to leave that but it's good to mention that it happened so in a nutshell this was uh the weekly overview any um news you find more interesting i mean Yunus Akin about extending his contract definitely need to do that quickly one more thing apparently lucas torreira has also been a target of sampdoria the club president marco lana has confirmed this he said basically it was very close but clearly a costly operation for us he was an important player for our consideration but we weren't able to match Galatasaray's offer, so we basically outbid them and won him over.
5: That's good. That's good because Sampdoria was, uh, I think, uh, one of his older clubs that he already played for. Mm-hmm. So it's good that we were able to snatch him.
4: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'd I'd like to maybe bring up um, everything that's been happening with Victor Nelson and his potential transfer, mm. and. What do you guys think about that? Like, I know, obviously, I don't think any of us thinks too highly of Sevilla as a club from what, you know, for for what they've been doing. But if he does go, what what does that mean for us for the rest of the season? And if he goes for less than 20 million, which it seems like what we're asking for, how do you guys,
3: what do you guys think about that? So I think it depends entirely on how we replace him. Uh, Whether it's 16 mil or 20 mil, that's a lot of money for us and look how much we've been able to do so far with just Markel's transfer, and that was 13 mil. Surely we went over that budget, but still, you see the players that we're bringing in. Some of them maybe a little bit older, some of them for transfers, and some of them are just Turkish players that we need in the squad, and we still do need more of, right? So can you imagine we sell him for 16 to 20 mil, and the amount of players that we can bring in with that money, whether it's now or in January, if we can get a good center back replacement, maybe two of them, then we can get another winger and another forward. And you would hope that that these players that we bring in are young and have potential resale value. I think it's something that we have to really consider and accept at the end of the day. If, if it is sold, it might be for less than 20, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still a lot of money that we can use for the better of this squad. Mm-hmm. It sucks that Sevilla and Monchi are kind of low-balling us, but they're doing what's best for their club. If, if you know, Adam Tumer was out here low another club for a player that we're interested, we would be praising the shit out of him. I well, mean, if you think about it, this Evander situation doesn't sound that much different than us and mm-hmm. Sevilla and Nelson, does it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, highly so you but know, hopefully we have a good replacement.
1: Would you consider Victor and Enoch Nelson to be of higher value than Kim Min Jae, for example? Are you asking me this? Of course,
3: I'm asking you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course.
3: <laughs> Who else am I gonna
2: ask? <laughs> Just don't ask me or John.
3: I, I do think he is of higher value. I think if you look at the two of them and how they played last season, Nelson was incredible. Kim Kim and Jay started the season off kind of shit. And then he really picked it up and carried their defense when Attila Sazali you know slacked off a little bit towards the end of the season. And you, you see that gap in their defense now without Kim Jay. So I think he is a good defender. But Nelson is younger. He's going to be, if not already, a starting center back for the Danish national team. And he has a European passport. I think in two years, when he does reach Kim's age, he's going to be a much better defender. So he should go for a higher value now. He has a $25 release clause. Yeah. The World Cup is around the corner. Right now, Monchi should be kind of concerned. If I don't get this guy now, I might not be able to get him again later because... He's going to go through a World Cup. There's a chance that he's going to play really well there. And then it's going to be out of my budget. Other teams are going to be interested. Other better teams are going to be interested. Maybe a Premier League team, a mid-table team even, might come knocking and say, all right, 25 mil is nothing for us. Do you think Nelson would want to go to the Premier League? Or do you think he would want to go play for Sevilla?
1: Yeah, there were rumors that also Fulham and Newcastle were interested in him. Yep. yep. So... Yeah, if I were Galstray, I'd say, well, his release clause is 25 mil. If you want, you can buy him for that. If not, bye-bye. And I hate the fact that all the reporters are also like oiling us up for a 20 million deal. Everyone's saying Gala wants a minimum of 20 million. But even Mm -hmm. for that, I'm like, no, he has a release clause. You want him? Pay it. Pay up. That's it.
5: Okay, but then the question becomes... What do you do then? Because apparently Nelson does want to leave, right? Isn't it hard to keep a player who supposedly wants to leave happy at a club? You signed the contract, right? Because that is true. But still, it can affect you as a player. Like, it can drop your performance. I know it's not supposed to happen, but he did say that he wants to leave. Like, how are you then going to hold him? The, the thing is, with his that will? is...
4: Yeah, like, the thing is, with that with that is... Like we have to start making people realize other clubs and just players, agents, like we have to make people realize we're not a charity. Mm-hmm. Like this yep. is not a charity. It's already probably the greatest tragedy I've ever witnessed that Kim Min jae was sold for more than markau. <laughs> that is, That is the yeah. single greatest tragedy I've ever personally witnessed. I don't know how that's possible, but it happened. And now they're trying to do the same thing with Victor Nelson. And there's just no way that can happen. Like people have to realize. Definitely, yeah, there's some crookery going on here. <laughs> like I say every week, you're goddamn right, John. You're damn right there's some crookery. So people have to realize we're not a, we're not a charity. Like if, if you want him, you can pay what we're asking. It's as simple as that. If that's what the release clause is, if it's 20, 25 million, then get out your checkbook and write us a check for that
2: amount or you're not getting him. Where, where's this money? I'm not seeing this money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yo, John, I completely agree with you, bro. And the fact is, you know, I would be open to, you know, selling it Nelson for like 20 mil and like future sales, but not the Sevilla, F- Sevilla in particular. <laughs> um, You know, Yasin, you mentioned that, oh, if Erda and Timur did something like that, we'd praise him, right? But no, mm-hmm. what they're doing is really shady because they're going behind the board, the the club, and they're contacting Nelson directly and trying to yep. get into his head they're contacting his manager and they're getting into his head and so then they come to us and like oh we want to leave yada 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 and then they you know cause us problems that's what happened with Marco right and so there was even rumors saying that we're gonna go and report Monchi to uh, FIFA well, I don't know if that's legit or not but I would and if we do get a deal for like the same that Sevilla gets I hope we sell it to another team Mm -hmm. but there's this one thing in the back of my head is I kind of do want Nelson to go to Sevilla so he can pair up (laughs) with Marcao that's the only thing yeah (laughs) because it only benefits us if they both you know perform well because then we have you know proof like to other teams like oh see we produce decent players and what you pay for them you're getting um, value out of it you know that's the only other reason I could think of letting Nelson go to Sevilla
1: yeah Sevilla has to buy Nelson they're in dire need of another center back and why not spend it on someone that's proven to work with Marcao? Proven on European level, proven on many, many occasions and if someone's going to want to pay 18 mil they sure can spend a little extra and pay up 25 mil. They sold their two center backs, I think, themselves for, I think, a total of... 100 mil. Yeah, 80, 100 100 mil. mil. Exactly. So... Just pay up, Munchie.
4: We're not a charity. We're not a charity, like John said. Um, Just one more thing. The last thing I'll say to that is uh, also in regards to what Nelson will will think of this, if Mm. he's upset with it or whatever the case is. And like Mazar said, you signed a contract. And as a professional, you have to understand as well, like this is a business, right? We want what's best for you, but also what's best for us. So I would be very upset if he if he started giving the club issues and things like that. If Sevilla were offering like 14, 16 million. Like that's not the price. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna put up a fuss about it, then we'll just replace you and you'll you'll just you won't play. You right. just as simple as that. And yeah. we'll see what happens to your <laughs> career then when you're not playing and you stop getting called
2: up to the national team and everything. Then we're gonna see what happens. Back. One thing right? that so Nelson these, wanted these guys, they have to understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Nelson apparently wants more money. After seeing all these players come in and getting like almost twice what he earns, that's one of the ways that we're trying to like mm-hmm. deal with that uh the Nelson situation. I don't know if you guys heard about that yeah they want to increase and
1: move up his release clause so increase his salary and move up his release clause that's an option that's possible but what I want to say, John, you reminded me about something when you said it has to be right for us as well, which is basically crop president of michelland swent graverson what he said is like yeah evander should get what he deserves but it has to be the right move for him for us and for the buying club when he said that i like okay okay i like i like what he said and this same thing should be applied with nelson as well it has to be the right move for him for us and for the buying club and yeah. uh, that's 25 million for you, Sevilla. Yeah? yeah exactly yeah. so lads Maybe one more thing on the news, if you want. Yes, no? Do you have anything uh, to share with us? The Bellotti rumors. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, Maz, Andrea Bellotti. what do you know about him? Would you like to see him at Gala? I would love... Apparently to- his wife doesn't want to come.
0: I would so. love to see Belotti at Gala. He's 28 years old, so you could say he's in his prime. He's served at Torino for many years, I think around seven or eight years, and he's more than proved himself there. They love him there. Like you said, we're also trying to get him, but his wife doesn't like Turkey, which is pretty funny. I, th- I think I think we do need, I'll be honest. I think we should be putting all our energy, all our focus into trying to transfer ability because we saw last week, we do need a striker. We <laughs> we absolutely do need a striker and I'm trying not to get pissed off. Um, Rumors are that he wants a
1: 3.3 million year uh, salary yeah, and a signing bonus of 1 million euros. That's correct. <laughs> <I'm, sighs> I think that's fine. Honestly. I'm worried, Mas. I'm worried with all these salaries 3.3, 2.9 Mertens, 2.75 Sergio Oliveira. Uh, okay, the only good signing, I, Micho. I think he's on like 1.1 mil or something,
5: 1.3. Not 9,
3: 950,
1: just, 950. Even less. He, oh, wow. Such a great transfer. Wow. But
5: but that's logical, right? It's he came from AZ. He came from a pretty, exactly. I mean, a smaller club from the Eredivisie mm-hmm. who are not splashing down lots of cash. Oliveira comes from the biggest club in Portugal or second, oh, depends on who you ask. Porto. No, I mean, some some see Porto as the biggest, yeah, some fair. see Benfica. Solid. Depen- yes, that
3: that bigs a question though, right? Not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. you know we got we got Micho who's getting paid under a million a year, and he was our best player yesterday. So. Does that not make you wonder, okay, there's probably loads of players out there in across the top five, the top, top seven leagues that can come in for a cheap wage, cheap transfer fee, and that can still do the job. So should we really be chasing these very expensive players? God forbid we don't finish top four this season and we don't smell Europe again next year. We're, we're in potentially big trouble. We might have to really start selling off people for even cheaper than what we are now with Marcao, right? So, And then Mm -hmm. you're locking them in as well. Maybe Mertens is not locked in. Maybe Seforovic is not locked in. But if you bring in Belotti and then you have Torreira, these guys are going to be locked in for three, four years. And then you have Sergio, who's locked in for four, making a hefty good amount of wages. So is is it really worth it? We just spent that much money on uh, Sefarovic. Gomez is still on our payroll. Uh, There were rumors about him potentially leaving, but have you guys seen anything like that this week? (sighs) I haven't. He scored the winning goal last week. So maybe it's natural for those new that news to not come out right away.
0: But, you know, how many strikers do you need? Although I do agree with you, you do need some plays that are established. You can't keep making scout transfers because some of them suck. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, we have had a few scout transfers that didn't really work out. For example, I don't know. Sekedika is the first thing that comes to my mind.
5: But he's fine. Like, come on. He, he earns <laughs> some Someone's someone still
0: waiting for him to uh, have a good season. He, he's going to explode. Yeah, though. he does earn pennies. T- <laughs> he, he does <laughs> earn pennies. That's why we get these plays for so cheap. Because we don't know how it's going to turn out at the end.
5: Um, yeah, but that's fine. But that's that's not the problem, right? The, the problem Yasin mentions that we go for these players which are on huge wages and Balotelli seems to be another one. Hey, look, if you ask me, I would get him. He, he's an athletic technical striker which can at least move which well we've seen Seferovic and Gomis both can't um, maybe on the side so-
1: his wife did start following a Turkish interior designer I got all the scoops here
4: He's <laughs> <You're> serious? <laughs> I'm serious that's <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what, what's interesting about that is yesterday, uh, Okan Buruk, actually, after the game, he made a bit like, I guess, a statement, you can say. He said that Velotti is one of our targets, but it seems like he wants to uh, stay in Italy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Okan said that yesterday. So I don't know if we're going to be able to convince yeah. him or not. Roma, but especially get him, right? No, exactly what I was going to say, especially because Roma's at the table. It might be a little difficult, but... It would be nice. But they offered like 1.8 million euros and
3: we can offer more if you consider like the tax ruling in Turkey for football mm-hmm. players. So, the yeah. th- the th- Another thing is like, do Italian soccer players like leaving Italy? Like, aren't, aren't they notorious for not wanting to leave Syria?
5: Um,
3: like they, you barely see any Italians in the Premier League. I don't uh, know. Ask uh, Emre. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're very, very attached to their country. Asin, you should know this by now.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw somebody make a comment online. They were like, oh, he can come hang out with like uh, Perlo in Istanbul since he's here. You know, (laughs) he might have some Italian friends to hang out with.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't mind going for Belotti. There's three positions I feel like you really should spend the extra. I think that's the keeper, the CDM, and the striker. Everywhere else I think you can get along with getting, you know, like you said, food side transfers like Micho. But like those three areas, I think you really need to spend the extra. Mm-hmm. Then you get Muslera. Then you get a good striker. You know what they say. Atanun Tutanan, yi right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your scorer <laughs> and your keeper needs to be the best. I know how so. we can get him though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here it's sure. No,
1: it's, it's easy. <laughs> it's very easy. Because you basically have to find a really good Turkish barber. And that Turkish barber has to DM his wife. Show all of his ama- amazing creations of hairstyles so his wife is convinced to come to turkey and then also show how cheap is this and that's it (laughs) (laughs) deals done somebody needs to
3: let adam to a no asap yeah
4: it's as easy as that is it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it won't like adam um pulling out his pants and then showing his (laughs) won't work in this case that won't work with the italians (laughs) different tactics
2: bigger that's why it won't work oh (laughs) i don't know have you seen it what's this (laughs) jesus italians have big cocks right Uh, okay today i learned i don't know man you tell us (laughs) people call me italian i'm just saying you know
1: (laughs) i don't know you go to italian shops a lot
2: in brooklyn i guess (laughs) we always talk about hey you gotta chop his balls off yeah so you know He's uh, a right. from the waist down. That's what he's saying.
5: <laughs>
4: well, that escalated fast.
0: As uh, yeah, fuck. Uh, but okay, maybe
1: to cool it down. Uh, John, why don't you take us to the match?
4: All right, let's get into it. Um. Well. Like we mentioned earlier, this was our match day two against Giresun. Um, this was this one finished 1-0. Unfortunately, we conceded in the 76th minute after a, a pretty bad mistake by Abdul-Kerim. We started the match in a uh, what looked like to be a 4-2-3-1 uh, usual backline. We had Muslera, Van Anholt, Abdul-Kerim, Nelson, Sasha Boy. The midfield was Sergio Oliveira. Midshow Show made his uh, first start and uh, Emre Akbaba, and uh, expected on the wings, Kerem and Yunus, and striking was Seferovic. Quick stats in the match, we had 66% possession, 34 for Giresun, and we had 14 total shots with only 2 on target. Uh, Giresun had 4 on target. And we also saw the debuts of uh, Lucas Torera and Mertens that came in in the second half.
5: I'm Mantu. Don't forget him. Professional yes. debut.
4: Yep, yep, yep. Kazim John was, as well. That mm-hmm. was great to see. Kazem John as well. Kazem John came in and played really good, actually. But maybe, um, let me just start by saying, I think that when this match started in the first maybe 20 or 25 minutes, it really looked like we were going to finish the match in the first half. We came out really, really fast. Sergio Oliveira hit the crossbar Kerem had a really good chance at the keeper save. We were just pressing and going forward with so much speed, like overwhelming Girison. and we just couldn't score. And I think a really big problem we had in the first half was the quality and delivery from our fullbacks were so, so bad. Sasha Boy and Patrick Van Anholt couldn't complete a single cross into the box. I was like, what the hell is going on? It was so strange. We kept trying to play through our fullbacks and the delivery was so piss poor. And it's almost the same as what I mentioned last week as well. We had Seferovic who, like, I don't even think he played that bad. It's just that where, there's no service to him. Like, where is the service? He can't score if we're not giving him this quality, right? He had a, a decent chance on the header in the second half, but there's just no service and we struggled scoring And then there's a lot I have to say about the second half. What did you guys think about the first half before we get there?
1: Yeah, John, I think it's good that you say first half and second half because there was a big difference. I liked how we played the first half. It was controlled. We had the ball. We had the position. We had lots of opportunities. You could see, especially like the pressing we did was very effective. People won't like me saying Emre Buck. Akbaba was key in this, but Emre Akbaba really put down a lot of pressure on Girasun, which looked like Girasun couldn't come out of it because we were just taking every rebound ball back in our possession. And Yunus was also amazing. The only thing I didn't like is Keram. He can really be very selfish. We've discussed this and talked about this many times. And if he could just be a bit more of a team player... He could have been so much better. We could have already scored one or two there. Then I want to say as well on Haris Severovich, In my opinion, he played well. He was very in the game. Aside from the two opportunities he missed, he did everything right as a striker. He, he really held the ball a lot. was a passing direction for the team. Giresun did make it hard on him because uh, they were really on his back as well. He got a few falls there. All in all, I really enjoyed watching the first half and that was very good, if you ask me. And if we continued the first half towards the second half, exactly the same, I think we would have been getting out of this with a uh, three points.
2: I kind of agree. But then again, the first half, like John said, our wing backs cannot cross for the life if they're life dependent. I think out of like throughout mm-hmm. the whole game, I think Van Anholt had like ten crosses, and then maybe two of them were actually on target. And then Sasha, but I can't really blame Sasha because on that side, he didn't really get a chance to go out and attack. You know, he never had those openings that Van Anholt had. Um, I want to open a separate talk about Oliveira. I think he was not great yesterday. Apart from like two good passes, I feel like he just dribbles a little bit too much Mm. and then loses the ball at times. He reminds me of like a Cedric and on-Badcon combination, like the way he moves. And at, <laughs> at one point, me and Saleh actually looked at his stats. He's literally the Portuguese Berkan with his passing statistics because they were like completely identical.
5: <laughs> um, the, if, if I may add one thing, what I also saw, is for someone who just joined the Turkish League, the way he falls down is very Turkish. Exactly. Like <laughs> I'm telling you <laughs> that- one, one touch, one breeze, and he already like, he dies basically. And I find that really bizarre. I didn't expect that. He did it two or three times.
4: Portuguese. Portuguese.
5: Wait, right. And-
1: I know. It's the first thing they teach him when when they join the club,
2: <laughs> right? And and where I'm getting at is, I just find him to kill a lot of our attacks. And when he does lose the ball, he lo- like he loses it often. We have to exert extra energy to run back and get the ball back. And then by then, like, and this is another thing, our transitions have been slower without Markow. Like by the time we steal the ball back from Giresun, they're already placed, you know, in their defense. And we can't get the ball out. Used to be Marcao would get that ball. He would put it in the midfield and we would just move up instantly.
1: I think we, we didn't tra- have much transition, Emre. That's I, exactly I mean, that's what thi- I'm saying. But that's because we were pressing them on their own field. So when they lost the ball, we were already in their final third over there. So there wasn't mm-hmm. much transition. A lot
2: of the game was in the midfield. What in you, their like, midfield. Well, yeah, but Nelson mm-hmm. and up to Kerem is on you know, the midfield line. And sometimes they did get further back. But we'll get the ball and then we're not going straight in because we're trying to catch them as they're coming out, right? Guinness could
1: defending with their life. They
2: right? did at times try to, you know, come out. But and when they, they did, they, they couldn't. We took the ball, but we couldn't capitalize on them trying to come out. Mm-hmm. There was no
5: quick transitions into the box, the, mm-hmm. the wings. There was nothing. If I may add on that, like the, the, the positive I can take from this game is I saw, I saw Johnny Nolkamburuk, first half. First half, not second, first Possession based play. We played in their half, like pretty much exclusively. They they barely went for us. Yeah. The problem that I just saw is, like John mentioned before, our wingers, in mm-hmm. Kerem and Yunus, just we weren't able to outplay them. That's what we couldn't because we played on their half, that's really compact. Akbaba also is sort of a second striker, so the defend. I mean, he's not really pulling defenders away uh, from the back line either to come forward to like yeah. uh, cover him. We just we just find it really difficult to actually take some shots on goal. That's what yeah, we our wing play needs really... to
1: improve for
2: sure. But the thing is, we kept trying to go through the middle with Kerem and Yunus because that's the kind of players they are. They, they are. don't go through the mm-hmm. wings, right? And so get us to realize that, and they all bunched up in the middle, and then we can't go in. I think that's one thing. And our wing backs cannot cross, so it's a like lose lose situation.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so what would your solution be at this point, right? We're not talking about second half the moment. What, what would be your solution to win this game? You got Agirasun who's defending with all their life. We can't go through in the middle. Our wingers are not delivering the balls, the crosses. What would you do to make this a win?
2: Solution, we don't have the solution. The solution for me would be we need a creative player in the midfield. Yes, Emir Akbaba was really good defensive-wise and press-wise, but his final vision, his final... Like, we don't have that final pass. That's the biggest problem with us. And we don't mm-hmm. have that player.
0: We need a create a player. Although I do agree with Emre in the sense that we don't have that, that classic number 10 who's going to be distributing the balls, that final pass, like you mentioned. I think changing the tactics was the most wrong thing to do. I think Okan just had right. to sit back, relax. He's like, okay, what I'm doing is working. They're under pressure. eventually they're going to crack. They can't sit there defending the entire game. Even if they do defend the entire game, we're going to end up with a draw. So what? It's not the end of the world. Mm Because we weren't scoring, like you guys mentioned, a lot of individual mistakes, a lot of individual errors. Crossing wasn't working. Can i being selfish? These are individual things that's out of all kinds of control. So personally, I would have just stuck to what we were doing, stick with the same formation, keep doing what we were doing, and eventually we were going to score. It was going to happen, but (laughs) it didn't.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the way the way he ended, mostly because he's sick too. But <laughs> the, the the big sigh in him, like uh, you know. <laughs> if I may add one thing, what sure. what I think Akbaba should have done, mostly instead of staying more central and going forward, I think if we instead with our inverted wingers, he supported them, and would create a numerical advantage on the wings. We could mm-hmm. try to outpass them by just doing simple short passes. I think, mm-hmm. but. Since that didn't happen, we indeed either had to go for crosses which never landed, or uh, other through balls which just never arrived. We we just couldn't crack them in the first half, and then we go on to second half, which John will introduces us
2: hmm. to. There's no one on this team that could cross. Name me one player on the field that can cross from the wings. One player. Ozem John Are we? decent. Cos- but that was before he came mm-hmm. in. But mm-hmm. I'm saying first half.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. None. Not. Very successful first half. Kedam
2: can barely land the pass in
5: front of him, (laughs) let alone a cross. (laughs) (laughs) Yunus is not that type of player. The thing what I wonder though, on on crossing by the way, right? Is Haris Zverevich actually good at heading the ball? Or is he like a Jagny who looks big but is not really able to be good at heading the ball? Exactly. Yeah, I've noticed that too. That's what I wonder because, yeah, we can cross all day, but if he's not good at heading, like, what are the chances he'll score that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah. also something I wonder. I have to see more from him to give a conclusion on that. But yeah. 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 We have
1: to see more indeed. So, John, what did
4: Okan Buruk do second half? So, first of all, I have a lot to say about this. So, if I start rambling, just you can cut me off. No problem. Go ahead. But you know, I have to say, I'm really, I'm really disgusted with this. <laughs> I'm really disgusted. And just speaking about it, I just want to show you as well for you that can see my. This is my heart rate right now. <laughs> it literally says higher than average. My heart rate is 115 beats per minute because I'm about to start speaking about Okan Buruk and I feel my heart rate increasing right now as well. <laughs> uh-uh. I have to say, I'm really disgusted in this, okay? <laughs> we played a good first half. We could have been up one 2 nil in the first half if things went our way, no problem, Okay. There could have been a few small changes to make, and we were in full control of the match. Mm-hmm. Okay, we were in full control going into the second half. All right, The second half is about to start. I see Gomis on the sideline getting some instructions. I say, okay, we're going to take out Seferovic. Gomis is going to play. Then Seferovic comes out of the tunnel, standing next to Gomis. They're both getting instructions. and I say, here we go. As soon as I saw that, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I we said,
5: had our, oh yeah, 4-4-2, mm-hmm.
4: four, four,
5: let's go. I even called it. Don't, don't get John pissed off
4: more than he already is. I totally, I understand. I totally understand. As Galatasaray fans, like, I just, I totally understand when we see that, our eyes light up for good reason, mm-hmm. right? But I knew as soon as I saw them standing together, I called it, I knew what was going to happen. Okan Buruk made a drastic change, okay? Mm-hmm whether i see people going back and forth whether we were playing 442 it, 424 it's it's irrelevant what i'm about to say applies to both it doesn't matter let's just say we were playing 442 just to keep it simple right i don't understand why you would give us a new shape and new tactics to that extent when now in 2022, I'm not talking about what worked in 2003, in 2009, in 2007, I'm talking about right now in 2022, you, you give us a formation and you give us tactics that are suited for a team that is, that is not expecting to have that much possession. 4 right now works the best when you want to create a mid or low block in the field, Defending. And when you win the ball, you're able to counter quickly through your two forwards, through your wingers. So why are you putting us at a disadvantage? And the reason I say it's a disadvantage is because four four two has been figured out now. If you're the team that's, that is expected to be in control of the match and in control of possession, all you need to do to counter the 4-4-2 four, the is have a three-man midfield. The midfield is always going to be outnumbered. There's going to be three V2s in the midfield, four V2s in the midfield. So what did we see in the second half? We couldn't keep any control of the ball, no control over the match. It was a ping pong match, the ball going back and forth. Couldn't create any chances. And why would you do that to us? I, I don't understand that's such an amateur move. And I'm, and I'm asking myself too, when you, when you pull your assistants to the side and you, you suggest this change, Does nobody have the common sense to say this is not a good idea? That really boggles my mind. You're playing in a shape where you're not expecting to have the ball. So I'm going to, I'll pass it on to someone else, but I'm deeply disgusted with this. He gave away the three points for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. No reason. This should have, if we would have just kept the same as the first half, but just made slight changes. For sure, we would have walked away at least with a one 0 win. Yeah, but we couldn't do that. We couldn't settle into the match or take control of it, or, or we weren't in a position to do that. Yeah. So I'm I'm deeply disgusted with it, and I hope he's learned a really valuable lesson, and we don't see this bullshit again because you know it's really frustrating. There's definitely a lot of crookery going on right now. <laughs> Can't I could not say it better, man. <laughs> N- enough said.
1: Yeah, you're damn right. So second half started, Emre Akbaba got out, Gomis got in, together with Seferovic, they started playing 4-4-2, Baklava, which initially I was happy. I love 4-4-2. And I do understand you, John. but when you play 4-4-2 with a diamond formation, where your wingers mostly go into the midfield, you can still keep that possession. However, it's not how we played. We just had Gomis. And Seferovic, two big, lumpy, slower strikers that were not very active on the front. And then we had still Kerem and Yunus on the wings, playing with Patrick van Aanholt and Sasha Boe. Basically, what happened is we were playing 4-2-4. And that, together with Emre Akbaba going out of the game, alleviated the pressure that we initially had on them. For them, it was just easier defending. That's what changed with this formation. Giresun was like, oh, nice. There's not something on the back of my asshole anymore. I I feel fine. I I can deal with this. So they had it easier. And then Sergio Oliveira, obviously not match fit, like Emre said, still needs to work on his uh, finesse and his condition and stamina. He got out on the 60th minute. And in that period, we didn't do much. Basically Giresun in that period came easier to us one or two times and they didn't feel the pressure as much as they did in the first half and we were less creative. And once Okan Buruk saw that, he pulled out Sergio at the 60th minute, pulled in Torreira and Mertens as well. Well, what happened then is, yeah, foreign limit. So you need to get rid of Patrick van Arnold, which then made Kazimjan come in for him obviously, second half was way more different than the first half. It basically became Shakshuka or Menemen, as we call it. And you have Torreira, which was fine, actually. Not as match fit as Micho, but still his quality was able to support that in the back. And Mertens, yeah, I didn't like Mertens at all. First game, he didn't play for a while and his first touches weren't that good. I didn't see much happening over there. And finally... <laughs> The worst thing that happened is out of everything, instead of getting out Kerem, you get out Yunus in the 76th minute. The only player probably at that time that can make, it, make a magic happen and, and score us a winner. But all in all, what I have to say is Okan acted like one of us. A big Galatasaray fan that wanted a big win at home, first game with our new transfers also sharing that experience but you cannot be a fan and do what like we all tweet on twitter you have to be a professional and not make that much of a drastic change i know we talked about he likes to switch up between 4-2-3-1 to 4-4-2 but small adjustments was all that was needed in this situation which i praised torrent a lot for last season that he didn't Pull out three players and then pull in five others and, and change the game completely. No, just small adjustments here and there, and see how that works out towards the ninetieth minute. That's all I have to say. Yeah, basically, expensive three points. I hope Okan has learned his lesson, and we'll see how uh, we continue there.
2: Like you said, I think this first game, meeting the meeting the fans at home, he the game really got to his head, and I think he acted a little too quickly. He made it a four-four-two way too early. I think he just wanted to finish off the game, get rid of any contingency. It worked um, last time, right? It worked la- No, but the thing is, last time he did it towards the end of the game. Mm. That's the only difference. And while I know John says it's an outdated tactic, but let's remember that he used this tactic to win the championship multiple times in 2019-2020 season. So it, it still works, but you need the right players. When he put, you know, like you say, he took out Emir Akbaba, what was the midfield? It was Micho and Oliveira. And already, Oliveira is not the type that's going to hold that midfield down. If he would have did, you know, Oliveira and Torreira, then we would have had more control in the uh, midfield. And we lost that mm-hmm. midfield completely. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Like, I think four four two can still work, but with the right players. And, and, and when you say- And against the right oh,
1: opponents, not against 11-man the right the defending Opponent.
2: I disagree with everyone that says Yunus shouldn't have come out. I disagree. Not because he wasn't doing bad, but he was gassed. I was watching when he was trying to press people. He he just couldn't run. He couldn't press anymore. He was like completely gassed out. And that's the difference between him and Keram. Keram knows how to reserve his energy way more than Yunus. Otherwise, he's not. Okan is not a stupid person. Obviously, everyone can see that Keren was literally the weakest link in the, in the, in the game, one of the weakest links. Along but with he's one of the
1: few that can pull out a rabbit from his
2: hat. But he, bro, <laughs> there was still how much time left, you know, when he pulled out uh, Yunus. There was still almost 30 minutes left. He was not going to be able to run for 30 minutes. And you can't take out Yunus and put another foreigner there because of the stupid foreign rule. So you have to take out one guy. right? And then Mertens came in. Hmm i and then
3: uh i I have to interrupt there because I disagree. Yunus came on at the seventy off at the seventy eighth minute seventy eighth yeah. minute so mm-hmm. there's about twelve fifteen minutes left you We all talked about it many times so far oh yeah sorry how 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 did Gitoson play so this game they They sat back for most of it, right? So when you're sitting back when the opposition's sitting back, do you need a player who's good in technical, small spaces? who could make passes, give and goes, move quickly and find that pass? Or do you need a player who can leverage that entire wing and make sprints down the side that has open space? But did we have that open space? No, we didn't. So that that whole kerem Yunus decision made no sense to me. Kerem up until that point that he stayed on, that Yunus got off, he was terrible. Like this was one of his worst games, I think, in a Galsai uniform that I've seen over the last two two years, since he came basically. Most of his passes were terrible. Like, they didn't even go to our player. The, the yeah. runs that he tried, the dribbles that he tried off, he had a position that he could have passed it to Emma Akbaba in the first half. He could have passed it and Emma Akbaba could have scored that. He decided to be selfish and shoot it. He almost scored, but still, it was selfish. He, he should have had a red card before Yunus Akun came off. He went into a, into a tackle with both feet up, studs up. In my opinion, that's a red card. If anybody, if anybody did that against our player, we would be of screaming it is, for a red opinion. card. Of course it is. Listen, listen. Nah, he's he's not...
0: right. He's right
1: though. <laughs> he hit the ball, man. The yellow at max. That was fine. That was a good call. Are you sure he hit the ball?
3: Oof. Even if he hit the yes. ball, e- okay. Even if he hit the ball, which I don't remember, that's, still, that's still a red card. It doesn't matter. Like, if you break the guy's leg, are you going to say I got his? I got the ball? No, that's a red card. <laughs> you can't do that. So we're lucky. And if I'm coach and I see a player that's making mispasses, if I see a player that's being selfish, if I see a player who is going into a challenge reckless, who should have just came off, that's a huge sign to me. That's multiple signs to me to take that player off, especially against a team mm. like Giresun who's sitting back. It, it just made no sense to me to keep Kerem I on agree. the field. How
2: is he going to keep attacking if he has no strength to do it? That's what I'm saying. But he has to still run back. And Yunus is still doing that, providing that defensive capabilities. You know what I mean? Because Yunus, let's be real. He didn't do much the game in the game either. He didn't take on many one-on-ones and beat his man. He didn't. Like, I know you guys he, love he, Yunus. He, he, I love Yunus too, but he's not in the
3: game either. He didn't do that one-on-one like he did with Santalia. With Santalia, he was magical. He was like like a Turkish Messi, if you want to exaggerate a little bit. But he didn't do that this game. <laughs> but what can did well this game was he still was able to dribble in, in mm-hmm. inwards, and find those passes with Nisho, exactly. with Sergio, with Seforovic. Mm-hmm. And in that mm-hmm. position, if we had two strikers, he had two strikers to do that with. Don't you think that's potentially more useful than Kedam just... You know how many times in the second half it pissed me off so much? I feel like John again pissed off Of now. course. It, it he pissed just, me he, off too. He just... Empty crosses. He just like toe balled the ball inside the in the boxes like without direction, without meaning. He just to chuck the ball in and hopefully somebody like controls it or heads it in. Like it, his crosses were always shit. What why now all of a sudden you're trying to do something that you're never good at? So that really did not make sense to me. I just had to point that out because it really annoyed me more than anything else that game, seeing Yunus up and come off and can him <laughs> stay on. Given as many reasons for why he should have actually come off.
2: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up some stats for you. Kerem, you saying didn't do much, but then again, he put 14 balls into the, the final third. All right, it's it might not be the most accurate, but he did do oh, something. Emre. Whereas uh, Yunus, hold on, hold on, let me finish. Passes <laughs> into the final third. He only has two passes into the final third. Emre,
1: two. I'm gonna say stats. Are like
2: a mini ethic. <laughs> well, stats are stats. It shows how much you contributed to the game. Am I right? Listen, <laughs> I like both Kerim and Yunus, but I I know you guys are upset, but there is a reason. Let let's
5: okay. talk about the
2: big elephant in the room. Well Abdul
1: Kerim Bardakcı. Salih, he's your Alpaslan.
5: He's not my Alpaslan. Alpaslan's way worse. Just saying. <laughs> oh.
1: Or he's nah, your Markow. Bro, I don't, I don't know, know what you, it was.
5: I don't know if you saw my message in the game right. First half. He was flawless. Come on, right? yes, you can't lie. First. How
1: can you not be flawless against Giresun, who doesn't even come to your field, man?
5: That's not true, bro. I like, hate that that's not
1: reaction. I,
3: first of all, no, I, my bias might show now, but we are like underestimating and overshitting on Giresun. Support that game. They played better like with, 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 with the quality of their how players how
0: they play? they didn't even have the ball. No no no
3: with the quality of their players and the budget that they have like they're 11 what they were able to do against us was just Did what? Not not get the fuck out of okay, okay 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 you, you want you want the statistics ready Dribbles Statistics dribbles pull up sofa oh, score ready dribbles You know how many dribbles we tried and we succeeded that game We tried 15, we succeeded three times. Exactly. Do you know how many Get Us and Sport tried? They tried 16 dribbles, one more than us, and they succeeded 10 times. You're gonna tell me uh, this team, Get Us and Spore, who just got promoted last season, who doesn't have a budget of more than three or four million on players, is succeeding 10 times (laughs) against our players?
0: Come on. You're basing your entire thing off, what, how much they got past our fullbacks or our fucking defenders or whatever. Bro, there was
3: one time where one of their players
0: dribbled past four of us in the same play. That's not acceptable. We had an off game. But you can't (laughs) say that Junison were underestimating them. Bro, they didn't have the ball in the first half. They weren't going to have the ball in the second second half if Okan just didn't have a brain fart. So, (laughs) yeah, I had to use that (laughs) word.
2: Yo, you know shit's about to get real when Yasin puts the mic closer to his mouth. Holy okay. shit. Yeah. This is man. obvious?
3: I've never seen him this <laughs> mouth.
2: Uh, this is the first. Solid oh, might
3: man. have to edit that a little bit. The mic ain't nothing, no bro. <laughs>
4: He's about to
1: eat his mic. Well lie. But All right. uh up up okay, him. sure. But that mistake he made not being aware of his environment, that's like second league shit, man. That's, you don't do that in Super League. You don't no. do that. Never. That's
2: pretty
5: much Thailand, bro. No. That just it's reminded different. me of Thailand. Look, all I'm going to say, I'm not as pissed as the rest of you guys. Why not? The way we played, look, no, listen. The way we played, we were going to get one point. I didn't see us getting free. The, the way we played in the second half just wasn't it. The formation, well, John already explained well enough how that impacted us. In my opinion, the subs were also weird. I mean, bringing Torreira for Oliveira, which are not really like for like three Mertens who got in and then afterwards also when Hamza Akma for example came in he had the ball so many times and he was just pointing like where where are you guys where am i going to pass to there's no one near i need to go back again and that's that's what constantly kept happening so i wasn't seeing us getting any points and then he did that obviously i was pissed i was like that's so bad but as long as it stays at just one mistake the thing that i dislike most about turkish football is how i mean with any league actually how you can be a hero one day and like dead the next. And (laughs) with our fans, I know for sure that they all went on the socials or whatever and wished them all kinds of bad stuff. And I don't think... That's bad. That shouldn't happen. Look, you can criticize. Obviously, it was a bad mistake, but you shouldn't like ruin his confidence even more by what happens next. That's the only reason I defend him because also in the chat, there were some which were over-exaggerating a bit too much. I was like, okay, it's bad. But then again, it's a one-off thing, at least. If it happens, let's say one, maybe two more times, then, of, of course, I'll join the train because we've seen it with other defenders on our team too. Even Marcao made mistakes, so... Marcao has the made I that same
3: it. mistake before, except he was able to recover it. But Marcao has done that before too, so it's, it's not something that only happens to the shittiest of players. I just have mm-hmm. to make a quick comment about that, and I think Obdukeren played well that game apart from that mistake. And that mistake, mm-hmm. think of it this way, I just want to take a step back. That mistake cost us one point, right? Yes or no? Like, factually. In this game? fact yes. Factually, that cost us one point. But how about the mistakes I of disagree. other players, like selfishness or lack of whatever it is? Scoring exactly. could have been three
1: points for us
3: if Yasin. we scored. Yeah.
1: It wasn't necessarily that mistake. The mistake that cost us that one point, uh, three points or one point is Okan Buruk changing up the formation where Giresun got into the possibility yep. of pressing Abdülkerim Bardakçı. Yep. If we didn't change our formation, they wouldn't have gained the possibility of pressing that high against Abdülkerim Bardakçı, so that mistake would never happened. That's the mistake. Bear.
5: That's, that's sort of what he said, right? I mean, the change of tactics plus how our plays conducted ourselves on the pitch. But yeah, and I, I also think another factor which might have affected him uh, I can't really recall if it was before or after it happened, but I-, I think the moon had some type of aura. I don't know if you guys saw the moon during the play. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it probably made him dizzy or whatever, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Just side note, that was so random. The, the moon, cameraman had a field day exactly, with that one. Thing, yeah. Okay, look, I'm gonna have a small rant about uh, Turkish commentary as well. Like he starts zooming in on the moon, and then comedy is like, "Oh, TV uh, clear. Our crew is doing well, etc." I'm like. Bro, I can see the moon too. Like it's <laughs> fucking Captain <laughs> Obvious. Like, what are you even saying?
1: Bro, my Samsung S21 can see the moon.
5: <laughs> and then afterwards, <laughs> the the other weird thing that happened too. What was it? Uh, the ref? He needed medical attention. <laughs> I also so had Oh, that was yeah. so
4: weird. Uh, that was so strange. I
2: was like, man. That was the first thing I've ever seen. That I've never seen that before. I he started. Don't they have their like, own teams?
5: Gala
1: mm. staff helping him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't uh, even give
5: us the game. Eight minutes extension only. Yeah. Anyway, how should I summarize this? It's just we just had a bad game. We just move on. I, I'm not gonna be like, oh, yeah. Keep I'll calm out, and whatever. watch Galatserai, bro. Yeah, but the problem is again, I don't want to sound like I'm some type of elite fan who's always calm. But you can already see the tweets going out, right? The reactionary fans who are mm-hmm. already like, oh, no, Orkan should leave. We we need to get I don't know Fatih Terran back or something. Oh God. No. I'm like, come on, bro. It's literally yeah, like the that's just game. ridiculous. It's a yeah. season. Just like our gym guru Maz would say, like going to the gym is not a sprint. It's a marathon. <laughs> this is the same. Just wait till the end and we'll be champions by May. Mark my words.
1: Aynan, Nice. That's good. Maz, do you want to do some closing
0: commentary? This is something short. You'd rather make mm-hmm. mistakes like this against teams like Giresun Sport compared to big, the big ball or okay. whatever. So that's, that's, I guess, a silver lining that we can look at. Let's hope that Okan learns from this. Let's hope that Kenan... Um, pulls himself together uh, because you can't make these kind of mistakes against Besiktas, Fener or Trabzon. So let's just see what happens in the rest of the season. But we will be champions at the end of it.
2: Kerem will do well against those teams. That's the teams he does well against. Because we got, open up.
0: What, who we, do we have Trabzon next week or is it Umrania then Trabzon? The week it's Imranier. Yeah. And they
5: play attacking football for a small team. So, yep. yeah. Yeah.
0: so it'll be a good test. Um, and then subs on the week after. So let's see how it all turns out. I don't want to say four four two again in the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> uh,
1: let's get a quick um, prediction on Umraniye.
5: Sali? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, let's see. Quick math. I see we win 1-0. 1-0 away. All
4: right. John? I'm predicting that we're going to tie 1-1. All
0: right. Hmm. Emre? I think we'll win 2-1. Alright, Maz? I'm also going to say 2-1.
1: Alright, I'm going to say 3-0 against Ümbranye. We're playing at the Asian side in Istanbul. Should be fine. We're just going to kill it. Bravo! Exactly, Lucas. what does
3: Yasin say? So, do, I, do, I, do, I, do, I, do I not get a prediction, bro? Come on.
1: Nah, we know what you're going to say. You're going to say Fenerbahce is going to win or something. Oh, no,
4: uh, we want a prediction for Galserai. We don't want a prediction for Giresun. Okay, give us the Galserai prediction, oh, please. Oh,
3: Galserai. <laughs> let me think about that one. Hold on. Uh,
5: <laughs> I swear if he has like one random relative in Umrani he's going to say they're going to win. <laughs> I
0: swear.
3: And how good they are. Yeah. I think I do, actually. but um, <laughs> I-, I was going to say 2-1 win, but Embraer and Maz already said that, so I'm going to change it up and say 3-1 win. Although I don't know how we're going to score three goals playing like we did last game, I still believe. I'm always optimistic, so I will say 3-1 win.
1: Bruh, Umbrania doesn't play like Giresun. Should be fine. We should find a lot of openings.
5: <laughs> we have five days to train, and I think Torreira looked really good, so...
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
5: Mertens will be, you know, in better shape. Yeah, he was not well, a club, so he needs to work on himself.
1: Alright, yeah. Maz. How about you close off do a closing intro uh, outro and um, plug our
0: uh, stuff i'm way too congested to do this but uh once again thank you for listening um follow us on our socials at the Lions Den gs and follow me on twitch twitch.tv mzr <laughs> <laughs> Uh no not twitch <laughs> blah 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 at the lions
1: Den gs <laughs> on twitter instagram And we recently got a Discord as well. So you can uh, DM us for the invite. Have a good day, y'all. Take care. Peace.